So we've been in a sermon series called, I didn't know that was in the Christmas story. Everybody say that with me. I didn't know that was in the Christmas story. Come on, say it again. I didn't know that was in the Christmas story. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we pray that you would open our ears and our hearts to hear your word, that your word would go forth in power. It would go forth in boldness and that everything that is said and done may bring you the glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. One of the things that I love about Christmas, obviously, is Christmas music. And we've had a plethora of that this morning. Sometimes when we sing those Christmas songs, if we're not careful, we can just sing the songs without actually really singing the song. Christmas songs has a way of making us feel all warm and cozy on the inside. I love sometimes going through Facebook on, during the Christmas season and seeing people's pictures of their homes, their Christmas trees, songs that they're listening to. Christmas gives you that Christmassy feeling, if you know what I'm talking about. All of us probably have a favorite Christmas song. And one of the Christmas songs that I love, I love many of them actually, but one of the ones I love is Oh Holy Night. Because if you take a few moments and just really listen to the words of that song, it really, really is powerful. And a part of that song, if you've ever really listened to the song, there's a part of the song that says this. It says, it's a world that lays in sin and arrow pining. Long lay the world in sin and arrow pining. I thought about that. I thought, well, what does that mean? Well, pining is an old word, which means wasting away. So the song is actually talking about how the world is wasting away in sin until Jesus appeared. Until he appeared. That's the next words of the song until he appeared and I thought about that song this week how powerful that song is the world is wasting away the world is in sin until he appears until he appears everything else begins to change things begin to change till he appeared the song says my soul felt its worth. When he appeared, everything changed and my soul felt its worth. You see, my friends, that's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about his appearing. He came the first time 2,000 years ago in a world where it was filled with sin and shame and guilt. And when he invaded humanity, things begin to change. When he came, hopelessness was swallowed up in hope. When he came, bondage was swallowed up in freedom. When he came, sin was swallowed up in salvation. When he came, shame was swallowed up in mercy. And guilt was swallowed up in forgiveness. And sickness was swallowed up in healing. And death was swallowed up in life. 
The song says, long lay the world in sin and arrow pining. Until he appeared, my soul felt its worth. You see, the writer of the song paints a picture of a world that is dark. A world that is in despair with no hope until he appears. It's interesting if you know anything about O Holy Night, uh, when it was first wrote and sung in churches, many of the churches rejected the song because they said, and I'm going to quote to you what they said. They said that this song lacked the spirit of religion. So most songs, most churches didn't even sing the song and some churches rejected the song because they claim it lacked the spirit of religion. My friends, it was a holy night. The stars were brightly shining. It was the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and my soul felt its worth. It was when he appeared, everything changed. Do you remember the words of the apostle this morning? In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, the scripture says, and you will bring forth a son. The angel said to Mary, you will bring forth the son, and ye shall name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Boy, I love that. The angel said to Mary, name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. My friends, that is what Christmas is about. Christmas is about hope. The story of Christmas paints a picture of hope for all of us. The message of Christmas is that God has not given up on any of us. You look at the scriptures, God has always been present with his people. You look in the Old Testament, in the ark, God protected his people. When the temple was built, God sanctified his people. In the lion's den, God intervened for his people. In the fiery furnace, God stood with his people. In the preaching of the prophets, God sought after his people. But in the Christmas story, God becomes one of us. He becomes a human. Instead of him just protecting us and intervening for us, he becomes one of us because he still believes in us. God became a man. That is the mystery of the Christmas story. That God is a man and yet he's God at the same time. It is a mystery. You say, Pastor, I don't understand that. That's okay. Because there is an aspect to God that is a mystery that we'll never be able to understand. But God is a man, and he is God. He is human, and he is divine at the same time. That is why the Christmas story is so powerful. That is why the Christmas story is so spectacular that a human by the name of Mary conceived a son and that baby was God and a human at the same time. Wow. As a man, he can sleep in a boat, but as God, he can calm the winds and the waves. As a man, 
he can get hungry. But as God, he can multiply the loaf and the fish. As man, he can weep at the tomb of Lazarus. But as God, he can raise Lazarus from the dead. As a man, he can die on the cross. But as God, he resurrects himself from the grave, singing, there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Hallelujah. He is God and he is man at the same time. That is the mystery of Christmas. The mystery of Christmas is that a virgin conceived and that baby is God and he is man at the same time. It is no wonder that angels came out on the Judean hillside and began to sing praises because something so spectacular was happening in Bethlehem. The angels stooped over the choir loft of heaven to look down at the mystery that was occurring in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago as his mother Mary and as his father Joseph looked into the eyes of that child that was of the mystery of God beholding in Bethlehem. No wonder a star appeared in the heavens. No wonder wise men came 900 miles to see what's happening. And shepherds ran with haste to look at this baby. And the choirs of heaven are singing because one of the greatest mysteries ever known to man was happening there in a manger in Bethlehem. And that same message today is still being proclaimed. My friends, Christianity is 2.3 billion people in the world. You say, what does that mean? Well, that means a lot. Because that means that we're making some noise in the world this, this season. That means 2.3 billion people around the world is proclaiming that Jesus is alive and well. We are proclaiming that God is still with us and the message of Christianity is still relevant in every generation, in every continent, and every nation. The message of Christianity is still being preached around the world and I thank God for that. I said I thank God for that. History tells us and statisticians tells us that during the Christmas season, more people will attend religious services than any other time of the year because people are looking for hope. People are looking for significance and purpose in their life. And after 2,000 years, we still proclaim this message that God is with us. It is Christmas. Christ's point, it is Christmas. Long lay the world in arrow pining until he appeared and my soul felt its worth. It is Christmas. So that's why we need to rejoice this morning because Christ has come and he has delivered us from the evil one. We need to rejoice this morning because Christ has crushed the power of sin and shame. We need to rejoice because Christ has bruised the head of the serpent. It is Christmas. He has broken the power of sin. He has broken the power of shame. Let every cathedral and every bell ring this Christmas season and rejoice that God is still with us. Hallelujah. 
And the angel said unto the virgin, and this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe. Actually told the shepherds, this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. This will be a sign to you. Luke chapter 2 verse 12 the angel said to those shepherds, there's a sign that we're going to, I'm giving you. And the sign is this baby is going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And when you see that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, you'll know that it is the child that I've spoke of. I've, I've thought about why was he wrapped in swaddling clothes. Look at the scripture, Luke chapter 2 and verse number 12. The angel said to the shepherds that this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes. Hmm. I, I want you just to Walk with me for a few moments because there's something about the Christmas story that I didn't know was in there. There's something in the Christmas story that I didn't see before. Maybe you saw saw it, but I didn't see it. And I want to just bring out to you something that I didn't see before. The sign would be that this baby would be wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's the first wrapping of the baby. But as you progress in Scripture, it's interesting to me, you go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, there's a second wrapping. I've never seen this before, but I want to bring it to your attention. John chapter 13, I want you to see this Scripture. John chapter 13 and verse number 4. This is speaking of the Passover meal. It's speaking of Jesus. Uh, right before the meal, he, ra- he, he, he washed the feet of his disciples. And Jesus did this as an example to his disciples. And the Bible says in verse number 4 that Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Hmm. Luke chapter 2, this will be a sign to you, shepherds. You will find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's the first time that the baby was wrapped. The second wrapping is found in John 13. He's a man now, but he wraps a towel around himself. The second wrapping. But as you progress in Scripture, you'll find the last wrapping of this baby. The Bible says, I think in Mark chapter 15, remember Jesus dies on the cross. They take his body down off of the cross. And the Bible says in Mark 15 verse 46, look at the Scripture. Joseph brought a long sheet of linen cloth. He took the body of Jesus down from the cross. And what did he do? He wrapped it in a cloth, laid it in a tomb that had never been carved out of the rock. And then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. So that's the third wrapping. So just walk with me for a moment. The first wrapping was a sign to the shepherds. 
When you see this baby wrapped in this swaddling clothes, you'll know that it is the baby that I'm speaking of. But as Jesus grew in John chapter 13, became a man, he's demonstrating humility here to his disciples, and he's washing their feet. He gets up from the table and wraps a cloth around himself. That's the second wrapping. The third wrapping, Mark 15, is when Jesus is dead. And Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of the Lord, took his body down from the cross and wrapped it again with cloth. It's interesting to me that Jesus was wrapped at his birth, and he was wrapped in his ministry, and he was wrapped at his death. Could it be that the gospel writers was trying to tell us something? Oh, I didn't know it was in the Christmas story. I've never seen this in the Christmas story, but sometimes you can read the Christmas story so much that you forget the details, you overlook the details, you, you, you read it so much, you become so familiar with it that you don't see the significance of what the gospel writers are trying to tell us. I believe, my friends, that it is still a sign to us. The angel said that this would be a sign to you. You will find them wrapped. Could it be that it is still a sign to us today? Could it be that the first wrapping of Jesus represents his presence? He was with them. The second wrapping represents service. He was serving his disciples. And the last wrapping at his death was the wrapping of sacrifice. Jesus gave his life for us. My friends, maybe the wrapping in Luke chapter 2 is still a sign to us. The wrapping in John chapter 13 is a sign to us. The wrapping of Mark chapter 15 at his death is a sign to us. It is a picture to us. At this Christmas season, let us remember that yes, God is with us and his presence is with us. That Christmas is all about Jesus. Can I say that loud and clear? I said Christmas is all about Jesus. It's about his presence. It's not about how many presents you get. It's about his presence. It's about Jesus. This whole book is about Jesus. And I believe that we need to call the church back to Jesus. We need to call the church back to Jesus. It is not about the songs. It's not about the lights. It's all good and fine. But let us never forget that it is all about Jesus. We sing about Jesus. We preach about Jesus. We pray to Jesus. We worship Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Even in the New Testament, you find it's all about Jesus. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is the Messiah. In the book of Mark, he's the wonder worker. In the book of Luke, he's the son of man. In the book of John, he's the son of God. In the book of Acts, he's the Holy Ghost. In the book of Romans, he's the justifier. In the book of First and Second Corinthians, he's a sanctifier. In Galatians, he's the redeemer of the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he's the Christ of the unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he's 
the God who supplies all of our needs. In Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, he's a soon coming king. In 1st and 2nd Timothy, he's the mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's the faithful pastor. In Philippi, he's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he's the great physician. In Peter, he's the great shepherd. In 1st and 2nd John, he's love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints. In the book of Revelation, he's the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. It is about Jesus. It is about his presence. Hallelujah. Let us never forget that this is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Say, Pastor, you get a little red in the face and get excited. You don't know where I came from. You don't know where I came from. You don't know what I had to go through to get where I am. And in order for you to criticize my praise, you got to understand my condition. And I'm here to testify it's a good Christmas because God's been too good for me to sit there and not praise him. I am grateful and I'm growing. I want to thank him this Christmas season for all of he's done for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have here cousins. I hear people dying in my gutter phone calls. Somebody 52 passed away, didn't know the Lord. In my family, drugs and alcoholism, I'm not trying to exalt that, but that could be me today on the streets if it wasn't for the goodness and the grace of God to reach down that I had a willing heart to serve him. Let us never forget where God has brought us from this Christmas season. Hallelujah. Can we just stand and praise God this morning for his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his love? Let's lift our voice up and praise God for how good and great he's been to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying he, you may be seated, he was wrapped. It represents his presence. He was there with them. Jesus was there, his presence. He stepped out of the exalted throne into a lonely manger. He stepped out of his royal clothes into swaddling clothes. He left the worship of the heavenly host to be ridiculed and mocked by mere men. He left the sweet fragrance of incense to be born in the stench of a manger. My goodness. What a story. What a story. Left the stench, left the scent of fragrance of heaven to be born in the stench and the foul smell of a stable. No wonder. No wonder angels showed up and sang glory to God. What in the world would cause angels to show up? Because the greatest mystery ever known to the human race 
the greatest gift ever known to us was happening in a small little town, Bethlehem. His mother caressed him, held him tight, pondered these things in her heart. She looked up. God had invaded her life. Be it unto me according to your word, Lord. I don't understand what's happening. Never heard of such a thing. But be it unto me according to your word. They wrapped him. It was a sign. Jesus as a man wrapped himself with a cloth and knelt down and washed his disciples' feet. This is a sign to us that Christmas is not only about him being with us, but it's about us serving our brother and our sister. It is a sign to us. Some people disqualify themselves from leadership because they can't serve. Some people disqualify themselves from the service of God because service is hard work. Oh, we want to stand on the Judean hillside and preach, don't we? Oh, we like the praises of people, but very few of us is willing to get down and wash somebody's feet because service is dirty. It's easy to come to church once a week, but it's another thing to get your hands dirty and serve. That's the example of Jesus. And in closing, he gave himself for the world. Joseph of Arimathea wrapped his body. He was wrapped at his birth. Now he's wrapped at his death. It's a sign to us that Christmas is about sacrifice. Christmas is about going the extra mile, isn't it? Maybe God will lay it on your heart to bless somebody. But pastor, I don't have it. God never asks you if you have it. He asks for your obedience. It's about stretching yourself. God never asks you to do anything that you don't have the power to do. Jesus said, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. This is very hard but I'm going to sacrifice my life. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about knowing that it is about Jesus. It's about his presence. It's about serving our brother and our sister. And it's about living a life of sacrifice. That's what Christmas is about. It's a sign to us. Jesus, the greatest man who ever lived, exemplifies Christmas for us. Jesus, had no servants, and yet they called him master. He had no degree, yet the multitudes called him teacher. He had no medicine, and yet they called him the healer, the great physician. He had no military army, But yet the kings of the world fear him. He has won no military victory, but yet he has conquered the world. He has 
not built one church. He's not wrote one song. He has not built one orphanage or one hospital, but yet there's more hospitals named after saints. More churches erect their steeples to the heavens. More cathedrals are built in his name because there's something about the baby that was wrapped. He committed no crime. And yet they crucified him. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And yet he still lives today. I want to stand with this microphone and tell the world there is still hope. I want to tell the world that Jesus is still alive and well. I want to tell the church that the church is still strong and vibrant. He came the first time as a baby, but I've come to tell you, he's getting ready to come a second time. And this time it will not be as a baby. You know what the Lord told me to tell you? As I was studying this sermon, he's told me to tell you this. Tell them that there's a fourth wrapping. I'm going to come again in the clouds of heaven. And this time I'm going to be wrapped with the praises of my people. This time, the last time, I'm going to be wrapped with the praises of my people. I'm letting you know he came the first time. He's getting ready to come a second time. And you and I from every tribe, every nation, and every tongue will raise our voices to the King of Kings, no longer a baby, and will wrap him with the praises of every nation of the world. He is still Wonderful counselor and mighty God. Merry Christmas, Christ Point. Santa Claus can't do nothing for you. Jesus can. I said Santa Claus can't do it for you. Jesus can. Santa Claus lives in the North Pole, but Jesus lives everywhere. Santa rides in a sleigh, but Jesus rides on the winds and walks on the water. Santa only comes once a year, but Jesus is the ever-present help in the time of trouble. Santa comes down your chimney, but Jesus stands at the door and knocks at the heart. Santa fills your stocking with goodings, but Jesus supplies your every need. You have to wait in line to see Santa, but Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. Hallelujah. Santa has a belly full of jelly, but Jesus has a heart full of love. Santa's little helpers make new toys, but Jesus makes new lives. Santa puts gifts under the tree, but Jesus became our gift on the tree. Jesus is the reason for the season. And when you open up your gift, when you open up your gift this Christmas and it's not what you want, I pray to God that you don't have an ungrateful spirit. You live in one of the greatest countries of the world and you have more possessions than most of the countries of the world has. Let's be grateful and thankful for the reason for the season. Merry Christmas, Christ Point. Hallelujah.